Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Good morning. The scripture this morning is Luke 6, 37 through 42. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Thank you, Martinique. I love to hear her read scripture. It's so good. So good. We just keep going and call that the sermon, you know? Luke chapter 6. Let's jump in. Do not judge. Right? It's one of, it's one of the most common scriptures that, that people know. Right? And even people that, that don't go to church, aren't familiar with the Bible, like, that, that's the scripture. Like, the Bible says don't judge. Right? That's, that's one thing we know. Like, hey, man, you can't judge me. Right? Maybe you've, you've been talking to someone, you felt condemned or something from someone's like, dude, you can't judge me. Back off. You're not allowed to judge. But I'm going to say, I'm going to argue this morning that judging may be, this passage may be one of the most misunderstood teachings of Jesus. Like it's a very common thing, don't judge. But I think it's one of the most misunderstood Right, because our, our immediate, at least my, my immediate response when I read this is, hey man, you can't judge me. But if we look at the words of Jesus, Jesus isn't talking about people judging me. What's he talking about? My tendency to judge others. Don't judge. Because if we're honest this morning, which it's church, so we may not be. That was, that was good. Come on. That was, a little, that was a little jab under the tail. You got it. We've all judged, right? Like we've, we've, all, we've all had the person walk through and we just kind of like, oh my gosh. We, we've all been there. We've, we've all looked down our nose with this kind of uh, condemning glare at someone. We've, we've sat in, with a group of people and said, I, I can't believe parents let their kids run around the, the, the hallway out there in the church. Like, that's just, I just why, why would parents be even, like, and, and they let Bob chase them all over the place and make it even worse. We've all done it. We've all judged. And we've all been judged. 
right? We, we all know what it's like to be judged. I had uh, a few years ago, one of my, young, one of my daughters was little, and, and Fridays are my day off, so Fridays was, was daddy day before they started going to school, and so it was a particular dad day, and so I was going to take them on a dad date, which meant we went to Bass Pro, because that's where dads go with their kids. And so we had a blast, and that morning, you know, getting her, getting her ready, I may or may not have um, not really done her hair, and I may or may not have just thrown some clothes on her, not really thinking about whether they matched I may or may not have put a diaper on her and not even thought about getting the diaper bag to go along with it. I'm going to fall down up here. And so we go to Bass Pro and we have a great time. We run out, run the whole store. We climb on the boats because that's what we like to do and pretend like we're skiing and driving and all this. And we just have a wonderful time. And I get home to my wife who I can't wait to tell her how good of a dad I am and how great our dad day has been. And she looks at my daughter, whose hair's a mess, whose clothes don't match, and by that time, his diaper looks like there's a bowling ball in it. <laughs> and she says, you took her out looking like that. Right, guys, dads, you've been there. You, you've got, you've got the, uh, the dad judge from your wife. Like, we, we all know what it's like to be judged. And we read this passage where Jesus says, do not judge and if we're going to be honest at church, one of the things we know about Christians, which many of you claim to be, is if we talk to the world, we kind of go up to non-Christians and say, hey, what do you think about Christians? What are one of the first words they're going to use to describe Christians? You're going to talk back to me today. Come on. Judgmental, aren't they? But that's not us. Like, that's other Christians. Do not judge we need to get our mind around. We need to understand this today. Because here's what I'm going to argue today. It looks from this scripture, if you just read it real quick, that Jesus just kind of says, no, like you're not allowed to judge ever. All judging is off the table. But if you look at other teachings of Jesus and the Bible, you'll learn that that's not the case. In other places, we're actually commanded to judge. So which, like, how do we know where it is? That's what I want to wrestle with today. And here's what I want to propose to you today. Sometimes, in some cases, judging is the most loving thing to do. Sometimes, judging is the most loving thing to do. Let's go back to verse 37 in chapter 6. Let's, let's work on this, see if we can understand it. Here's what he says, judge not and you will not be judged, condemn not and you will not be condemned, forgive and you will be forgiven. So there seems to be this relationship with what I do and what I get back. Don't judge, don't condemn, I won't be condemned, forgive and I'll be forgiven. Give and will be given to you. So there's another one, this relationship, good measure, pressed down. Shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. We'll talk about that more near the end, what he means by that. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So Jesus teaching on judgment, he gives us several things. He's like, listen, the way you do this, judge, condemn, forgive, like what you do will be given back to you. 
And he'll go on, we're not going to read this, but he'll go on, Martinique read it, to talk about this, this little parable of like, can the blind lead the blind? And in this audience that he's talking to, this group of people that are known in that day for being judgmental, who are they? Pharisees, right? They're the Pharisees. And I think in this passage, what Jesus is doing is he's teaching his believers a certain posture that they're supposed to have as followers of him. And he's definitely making a reference to a group of people that think they are in, that are in fact the blind leading the blind is what he says. But what Jesus wants us to see in this passage, what he wants his followers to see is there is a posture as a follower of Christ. There's a posture that he is calling us to. And instead of that posture being this posture of I'm above everyone else, I have it together. And therefore looking at people with this condemning, self-righteous, looking down your nose, instead of that posture, what if there was a different posture that was love and grace and mercy and compassion? So there's two ways to judge. There's one way that Jesus is going to say, don't judge. And what he's talking about here, and that is this posture of condemnation, of pointing fingers, of disgust. But there's other cases where judging takes on a whole different tone. And it's love and care and mercy and grace. And as Christians, we have to understand the difference. Jesus does not exclude all judging here, but he most definitely excludes judging that has a tone of condemnation. But he invites, and the Bible invites, judging with a heart and care of love. And in that case, judging may be the most loving thing to do. So I've been wrestling with this because as elders of a church, like we have this healthy, I believe this healthy weight to lead us to be a church that puts on display the gospel, that's this gospel-centered communion. When we say a church, we don't just mean like a worship service. We mean the whole functioning of our church. And this idea of judging is something that we must get right. And so as I've been, I've been working on this sermon, I didn't preach in July, so I've been working on this for, for weeks and have plenty of time to think about this. And I've been thinking like, how do we get this right? Because my, my, I myself, and probably you, have got this wrong many times. Like, I've looked down my nose. I've been quick to judge. How do we get this right? And as I've wrestled with, here, here's what I think it is. I think it's a right view of ourself and a right view of God. Like a right view of self. If we, if we just want to like totally take our mask off for a second, can we just admit to one another that we are needy, broken people? Now, I can convince myself. I can refuse to look inward. I can just kind of... But if I take a moment and I have a right view of self, what I should do is look at myself and say, I am the chief of sinners. That's what Paul said. I'm the worst of the worst. And so how could I ever, how could I ever look at someone with this like, oh my God, because I know me. 
I know me. And a right view of self says, I know me, and if I take the opportunity to get to know others, I will know others, and I might start to see them in a different way. One of the things I love about my job is I get with many of you to sit down across a table and hear your story. I get to hear your story. And as I've thought about this idea of judgment today and what's it look like for Hill City Church, here's the, here's the, the weight that I've felt is I wish, I wish all of us, covenant members of Hill City, I wish we could all sit across the table from one another and hear one another because the actions that you see and other people that just totally appall you, guess what? There's a story behind that. So you see the woman that's just super controlling of her husband? There's a story behind that. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's broken. There's a story. You see the guy just gets angry really quick? Guess what? There's a story behind that. So in this room, we have men and women who their dad left when they were little. Just peaced out. And to a developing child, the pain and the feeling of being alone and the feeling of no security, like that wrecks the heart. And guess what? There may be some junk in their life that come up because of that. Now I can sit back and be like, how could they do that? Well, hear their story. We have some people in this room whose mom wasn't there. Either she left, she passed away, and that emotional connection that a child's supposed to get from a mom they didn't have, and that care and comfort, you know what's going to do? That's going to create some baggage. And there might, in fact, be a reason why they're struggling with what they do. But a right view of self says, listen, I know my story, I know my junk, and instead of just passing judgment on people like that, what if I actually get to know their story before I decide something? Recently, I was talking to a, a woman in our church. Um, she, her dad left when she was two, just left her. Her mom was there as the only person um, in her life, and that relationship was rocky. And then she came in as a, as a young teen and uh, to her mom, not breathing or struggling for breath. Calls the ambulance. They take her to the hospital. This girl has no other family really in their life at all. And so her dad's gone. The one that was her, her caretaker is in the hospital. She's in the waiting room. Her mom dies, and she's alone. And so she says in this moment of needing care and needing something, I went down to the cafeteria and I started eating. And she struggled with that ever since. Now it would be easy for us to sit back and, gosh, have some self-control. But you don't know her story. So I think if we're going to get this right, we have to have a right view of self. Our self 
And then we have to have a right view of God. Like we have to look at God and say, listen, God knows me. He knows my junk. He knows our stories. But in the midst of that story, God is going to jump in and he's going to start to bring light to what was dark. He's going to start to bring healing to what was broken. And so if God can do that in the midst of someone's junk, maybe the way I look at them could be through the eyes of God with love and compassion and caring. So the goal today hopefully is to see, and that's a long introduction, I'll try to speed it up from here, the difference between judging over here that's just condemnation, I can't believe this, and judging over here that's love and compassion and mercy. Because the Bible does not exclude all judging. Matter of fact, John chapter 4, it's a story you guys have heard. Jesus goes to a well in the middle of the day. There's a woman there. There's a reason she's there. She can't go at the same time everyone else because she's kind of on the outside of society. And Jesus has this interaction with her. And we'll pick it up in in verse 16, John chapter 4. He says this, and Jesus said to the woman, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you've had five husbands. And the one that you have, not, that have now is not your husband. She said, what you have said is true. Now wait a second, Jesus. Isn't that judgmental? Yes, it is. And he just pointed out a huge fact in her life. But in that situation, it was the most loving thing to do because he continues a conversation with her and brings hope in the midst of her brokenness. In some cases, judging is the loving thing to do. 1 Corinthians, if you ever read the book of 1 Corinthians, that church, it's a letter written to a church in Corinth. The church is messed up. They have all kinds of issues going on. And Paul is somewhere else writing them a letter and he's going to tell them something that's going to be pretty direct. Let's see what it is. 1 Corinthians 5, this is verse 1. He says, It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and a kind that's not even tolerated even among pagans. Here it is. For a man has his father's wife. Okay, think about that for a minute. A man has his father's wife. Now that's jacked up. Verse 3, for though absent in the body, like I'm not there, I am present in spirit, and as if present, I have already, what's it say? I'll try it again. Man, I swear I had a congregation. Okay, so he says, I'm absent in the body. I'm not going to let you get by. We're going we're gonna to have fun up here. We're going to talk back, all right? I'm absent in the body, and present in spirit, and if present, I have already, help me. Isn't that judgmental? Yes. I've already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. So here's what you're to do. When you're assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus. You're to deliver this man to Satan. Now that seems a little intense. What he's saying is you're going to remove him from your fellowship. Why? For the destruction of the flesh so that he can feel the whole weight of the decision he's making. Now that's judgmental. But look at the end. So that... His spirit spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord. What is the reason Paul wants them to not tolerate this action? That he'd be broken and he'd come back. Sometimes judging is the most loving thing we can do. So how do we know the difference? 
How do we know when judge is love, judging is loving? How do we know when judging is more about condemning? Because that's what Jesus, he, Jesus excludes any sort of judging that is criticizing, it's condemning, it's talking about people behind their back. But he's going to welcome judging that has an attitude of care and redemption and love. So let's talk about the difference. I have, I have four differences and I hope, and I hope you'll, you'll get these as we talk through them. Here's the first thing. As we're trying to decide which, which side are we on here, what does judging look like and what's it look like in a healthy biblical way? Number one, here's the first thing we have to think about is who. Number one is what? Who. Look at verse 41. Jesus says this, why do you see the speck that is in your, help me, what's it say? Brother's eyes. Okay, Christians look at me. We got to get this. Who are we called to judge? Christians. Hear me, believers. Never, ever, ever are you allowed to pronounce judgment on someone that's not a believer. You're not. You know why? They haven't signed up for what you've signed up for. They haven't said, Jesus, I'm placing myself under your lordship. You're in charge of my life. I'm going to live my life according to the Bible. They haven't done that. Therefore, they're not going to live their life according to the Bible. We have no place judging outsiders. We must get this. Because the thing that Christians are known for is judging. You know who we most tend to judge? People outside the faith. Like go downtown on Thursday night at 1130. I invite you to, and I'm serious about it. Go downtown and walk around. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see a girl walking around like this. No, it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, how could she let herself get to? Nope. You have no place. Jesus says, when you see your brother. So the first thing, who? Who are we allowed to judge? Christians. So it's a non-believer. It takes any of this off the table. Now, here's the second thing. So first is who. The second thing is me. Verse 41. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye? Now, when Jesus has said that, probably people have been like, okay, that's a little extreme, a little chuckle. How can you say to your brother, hey, brother, let me take that little speck out of your eye. When you yourself do not see the log, the tree, coming out of your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, there's some order, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that's in your brother's eye. So the first thing with judging we have to decide is who, right? Who are we allowed to judge? Okay, here's the next step, me. Before I ever, ever even think about starting to pass judgment on someone else, the first place I must look is right here. Judging begins with judging myself. Right view of self, it's looking inward. So Brad, Brad was sitting right over here in the first gathering, and since him and I are, are, are best friends, like I just picked on him the whole time. Let's say that I see Brad 
doing something. I'll say, I, 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 I don't think Brad's doing a good job parenting his kids. So I see that, and I think, you know what, as a believer in Christ, like I feel that I need to step into this situation because Jesus needs my help, and so does Brad. <laughs> That's pretty true. Actually, that is true right there. Uh, so Brad, so Brad, Brad is doing his thing, and so, so I say, you know what, I see something in Brad, which I want you to see in this passage, like there's a speck in Brad's eye. You know what the speck is? That's sin. We all have it, right? So Jesus is not acknowledging that Brad's over here and he's perfect. He's not saying that. He's like, no, he's, he's messed up. He needs help. But before I go to Brad and say, hey, buddy, I, I want to help you right here. with, Here's what Jesus says. Let me look inward and let me notice something. Notice something that I want to try to pretend not there, and that is a beam sticking right out here. And before I go to Brad, let me look at that beam. And let me wrestle with that beam. Now, what Jesus isn't saying is you need to go and kind of get rid of all of your sin. Listen to me, you will always have a log in your eye. What he's saying is before you go to someone else, let's invite introspection into your own life and ask some questions on like, why do I feel the need to go over here? Because here's a good here's a good. A good chance this is happening. Like what I see in Brad is probably something I don't like in myself. But it's easier to point it out in Brad than it is to deal with myself. Anyone been there? Or maybe I see the way Brad parents and it kind of challenges me that I need to do a better job with how I parent. But because I don't like feeling like I'm not doing a good job as a parent and I don't want to deal with myself, it's easier just to go find something that he's not doing well to make myself feel better at the fact that I think he's better at that than I am. Jesus invites us, before I ever, ever step into judgment of someone else, let me first look into my heart. I want to have a healthy suspicion of my own heart. Because my own heart will trick me. Like that is deep digging. Why do I feel that I'm the person that needs to judge him? What is going on? I need to be hyper aware of my shortcomings. Because they're there. And as I do that, and as I come to grips with the log that's in my, my eye, <coughs> then I can go to Brad and I say, hey man, listen, I love you brother. I've got this huge log in my eye and I'm trying to fight it. I'm trying to, Jesus is chipping it away piece by piece, year after year, like I hope it's shrinking. And I'm not coming to you from this like, I've got it all together. I'm coming to you as a person that loves you. Man, I'm concerned about this. Can we talk? What's going on? That's a different approach. Okay, so the first thing, we're trying to decide which tribe, I have four of them, we've done two. The first one we gotta think about is what? Who? Who are we allowed to judge? Okay. The first thing, where do I look first? Yeah, myself and me. That's the invitation of Jesus. Like, let's first look at the plank, the log, the beam, before I look at the speck. I look at me. Okay, here's the third thing. I'm going to wrestle with the why. Why do I feel that I'm the one that goes to talk needs to talk to him like there's all kinds of believers in this church in his life why do I feel that I am the one 
Okay, I'm gonna tell, some, tell you something, you may not like this. If there is no relationship with the person you're concerned about, you are probably not the one that needs to go judge them. I might be the one, if I wrestle with why, and I say, you know what? There's a relationship here with Brad. We have many years together. We have many victories together, and we have many defeats together. Like, there's a relationship, so I might be that person. Like, here's what I would tell you. When you don't want to have the conversation, you might be the candidate to go judge someone. I don't mean like you're, you don't like conflict, you don't want to have that. I mean... The thought of going to talk to them about what you see in their life wrecks your heart because you love and care for them so much and the fear that they might kind of retaliate and your friendship will be broken or the fear that they're going to ruin their life, it just, you can't sleep because of it. Then you might be the person that's ready to go judge them. So I have a handful of people in my life and I, I can name them, I won't. Some of them are in here. That I can sit across the table from, and I need, I want to invite, invite judgment from them, because I have a relationship with them. They know my story. So first, it's who? They're Christian. Second, it's me. I'm going to look first. Third is why? Do I have a relationship with them? Do I care about them? Is the goal redemption? This is huge. Because the goal is not busting them. The goal is not making sure everyone knows what's going on. The goal is, I am afraid that he's getting ready to wreck his life, and I, because I love him so much, can't sit on the side and watch it happen. I've got to get involved. And he may, it, like, it may take me down a little bit, but I've got to go have the conversation. That's the why. I always have this image of like Whitaker Point in Arkansas, you know that point that sticks out, and you always get the stupid tourists who are like, yeah, like, cheat, like right here. Just step back, one more step. Like if that's your brother and you love him and care for him, maybe you're the person to go keep him from stepping off that ledge. So I wrestle with the why. And then here's the fourth one. And this is something I, I think I even learned a lot as I was researching this and studying this. The fourth one is, and this is key, where to judge them. I don't mean like a church lobby or I don't mean that. We as believers, even if we have a relationship with someone, and make sure you get this, this is important, and we care for them in every bit, like we've wrestled with the why, it's all love, it's care. Here's what we are not allowed to do. We are not allowed to judge their heart. We are only allowed to judge actions. Here's what 1 Corinthians says, verse, chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes. And when he uses the word judgment here, this is healthy judgment he's talking about. So don't pronounce it before the time, before the Lord comes, comma, who will bring to light? So just to make sure we understand this, who... Who's the who it's talking about and will bring to light? The Lord, right? So don't pronounce judgment before the Lord comes because the Lord will bring to light the things that are now hidden in darkness and the Lord will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive 
his commendation from God. We are not allowed to judge the heart. You know why? You don't know their heart. Like some of us barely know our own hearts. Because that takes some deep introspection in our own lives to even wrestle with that. We are only allowed to judge actions. So if I go to Brad and I say, hey, Brad, and it's from the right heart, like I love you, okay, he knows that, we're going to have this conversation. And let's say I'm concerned that Brad gets angry and just loses his cool on his kids, which might or might not happen. Um, I'm allowed to go to him and say, man, hey, I love you. What's going on with your anger here with your kids? I'm allowed to do that. What I'm not allowed to do is, hey, man, I see you getting angry, and I know that's coming from this. No, you don't. I don't know his heart. Now, the Bible would invite me to go to him and say, hey, man, I know, I know you're getting angry. Like, talk to me. What's going on? And together, we can dig, and I can help him dig and disclose his heart. Who are we allowed to judge? What's the first step? Look inward. Then we got to ask the question, what's the, what's the why? Why do I feel? Why am I the one? And then we got to think about where? Actions or the heart? And as we wrestle through that, then judging might be the loving thing to do. You see how it all comes down? This whole thing comes down to right view of self and right view of God. Because when I pass judgment in like this condemning way, you know what I'm doing? I'm placing myself on God's side and I'm putting this other person or everyone else on this side. Like, like pretend this, there's a line right here down the middle of the stage. See, the Bible says that we're all over here, sinners in need of mercy, and the only ones over here is God. But when I pass judgment in a condemning way, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to be God. Like, here's what I'm doing. I'm stepping across the line saying, uh, hey, Jesus, can we talk for a minute? Yeah, yeah, Daniel. Well, I don't know if you noticed, Jesus. You know, you're busy, but have you seen Brad in his anger? Well, Daniel, thank you for bringing... No, I haven't noticed that yet. Well, yeah, Jesus, just, I just want you to know, when his kids do this, like he... Daniel, I so much appreciate you helping me with that because I was really slacking in my job of sending his job. It's silly, but exactly what we do. Right? Without this right view of self and see that we are all people with big old planks out of our eyes and understanding that God is the only one that sits as a righteous judge over all and somehow thinking I can step across that line and join him. Ooh, there's a lot of boldness there comes down to right view of self and right view of God. Because hear me, believers, Jesus doesn't need your help. He's just fine where he is. So Jesus is trying to teach his followers, what does it look like, this kingdom? What's it look like to live the kingdom, the way that I've taught you to live? And he's teaching them, it's all about the posture that you have. So do not judge from this condemning, hateful, arrogant way. But he's going to invite us to judge from this loving, care, redemptive way. And we've got to understand this. We've got to see this. And Go back to verse 38. Here's what Jesus tells us. 
So he says, give, it will be given to you. How? So remember, it's don't judge, or you won't be judged. Give, it'll be given. It's going back. How? And I want you to see this metaphor that Jesus uses. We may read it and kind of glance over and not understand it. Here's what he says. It will be given to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, what is that metaphor? Um, how many of you like to cook? cook? Anyone like to cook in here? I love it. So you, you go to uh, the grocery store and get a big bag of flour. And probably if you're like me, you take that flour home and you put it in like rubber-made container or something like that. You guys tracking with me? And you dump it in there. And you dump it in and your flour gets to the top. And what do you usually do? Ladies, let me hear you. What do you do? You shake it. Why? Because when you shake it, the flour settles a few inches, and now you can put a little more flour in to fill it to the top. That's the metaphor that Jesus uses, the agricultural metaphor. Like, here's what happened at the market, is that a guy or woman would come to get grain, and they would hold out their garment and a dress, and they would weigh out the grain, they would shake it down to make sure they got the full measure. Now, why does Jesus use that metaphor? Because he's promising we will get the full measure back of what we give. So you give condemnation, judgment, self-righteous, steep curve, guess what you're going to get back? Judge the way you want to be judged. But in turn, if you have mercy and grace and love and compassion and gentleness, guess what you're getting back? See, the way we judge will disclose our heart. And if we have truly been liberated by the gospel, we have a right view of self that says, man, I am on this side, God's over there, and I'm not, like, I'm way off the stage, I'm so far away. But God in his love and compassion and mercy broke through that barrier, died on the cross for me. I deserve nothing. And now this God invites me in relationship to come over here with him And so now when I'm walking downtown and I see the girl staggering around like this, instead of saying, oh my gosh, how could she? Here's what I say. Yeah, I know how she could because I could too. And there's a reason. There's a reason she's doing that. She's looking for something. Instead of passing judgment, what if I come over here and love her and say, hey, let's talk. Like there's a hope. Yeah, I know you're broken. I know your dad left you when you were young. But there's a hope. In the midst of that brokenness, Jesus can come in and he can clean it because you know what? He did it to me. And what if we see, when we see that, we got a bunch of college, so when we see the, 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 the dude come in here like all like, yeah, ladies, I'm the man. And we want to say, man, you're just, a, you're just a, a jerk. What if we maybe look through that and say, you know what? Maybe he didn't have a dad. Maybe he's dying for approval. And instead of just admitting, hey, I need some help, he's trying to find it and having all the girls around. Maybe we could have some compassion there. Here's what Jesus invites us to. With the measure that you want, give back. Here's my question for you. How do you want to be judged? For me, 
I want to be judged. I need people in my life. Like, I'm, I got my own stuff. I'm battling. I got logs sticking out of my eye. I need people in my life. I've got some, and they speak some truth to me. Sometimes it hurts a little bit. But I want to be judged with boldness like that. Like, I need Brad to sit across and say, hey, man, what's going on here? But I want him to care about me. I want him to care about my wife, my kids. I want him to give me the benefit of the doubt and hear my story first before he just passes judgment. That's how I want to be judged. Like at Hill City Church, I, I hope, I, I, like I don't want to be judged by like one conversation I have out in the hallway. Like you, you tried to talk to me and maybe I'm like, Dude, he's just a jerk. Well, yeah, probably. But maybe there's something going on. Like, I want to be judged on, on teaching truth, but I don't want people out there looking for one thing. I say, oh, do you hear what he said here? I don't want that. You don't either. Like, here's the invitation of Jesus. Listen, let's, let's judge, because sometimes judging is the loving thing to do. But let's do it with a measure of compassion and grace, because that's what we want, and that's what we've received as believers. It's evident by the table right here. Because here, here's the invitation. We're going to celebrate this. Like, we're all going to come to the table as believers. You know what you acknowledge when you come to the table? That you have a log sticking out of your eye. That's what you acknowledge. Because if you don't, you don't need to come to the table. You're fine. But the fact this morning, when we invite you to the table, the fact that you get up and stand up and walk to the table says to yourself, to God, to others, I have a log in my eye. And the only way that log will be removed is by the power of Jesus and him working through me as I fight this thing. And so as a community of believers, we're going to come together with logs. Like, watch out where you walk this morning. You might get poked by a log because they're everywhere. But it doesn't matter. Jesus still invites us here and he says, listen, come and receive mercy and healing in your brokenness. Come. And that's the manner in which we're to judge others.